So we're continuing this journey. Ah, now I can't move. All right. And Matt, we're going to go to Matthew's gospel. I'll just go there. Uh, Matthew 13. We've spent a little time in Matthew 13. We've jumped around a little bit. Those of you, uh, you may or may not be familiar with this, the idea of the lectionary. Um, the lectionary is, is a path through scripture over three years with seasons, church seasons, um, highlighting different parts like Advent preparing us for Christmas, Lent preparing us for Easter, um, Pentecost, Epiphany, and we're now in the common, common season, ordinary. Actually, it's ordinary time is what it's called. And um, so it gives us these passages. We don't always follow the lectionary as such, but we have been over the summertime. And so it breaks up scripture for us in different pieces and parcels. And each week there's actually a Old Test, a Psalm uh, and an Old Testament. So Psalms are in the Old Testament, but there's a Psalm in addition to Old Testament passage, a New Testament passage, a gospel passage, again, gospels are in the New Testament, but a separate gospel passage. So there's four texts for every Sunday. We just focus on one. So this one has broken up, the lectionary over this season has broken up Matthew and these teachings of Jesus, beginning in Matthew 11, actually, uh, in different pieces and parts. And we feel, you may feel like, well, we, we skipped over that last week. Well, actually, we didn't because we didn't do this. But if you were following and read everything, um, you would be aware that we had, would have skipped over some of this and landed here. All right, all of that preamble to go into here. I just should have gone right into it. But anyway, so this is Jesus teaching. First, he's teaching to the disciples and the crowd. And then he shifts just to the disciples after these first two parables. <clears throat> Jesus, he put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that... Someone took and sowed into his field. It's the smallest of the seeds. But when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. And this is to just the disciples themselves. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls on finding one pearl of great value he went and sold all that he had and bought it again the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind when it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the goods into the baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where, they will be where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? The disciples answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Do y'all know this car, a Nissan Kick? I didn't know this was a car until last week. Lori and I were driving um, for a car thing, taking 
uh, car fix, well, oil change anyway. And we're behind the car, and I'm looking at it, and, you know, I know I don't know every car, but I'm looking, I don't know this car. And I see Kick. And then I see Nissan. I'm like, oh, must be a new Nissan. So she's driving, so I'm Googling. Nissan, no, it's not new. It's been out since 2019. Oh, and they stopped making them, you know. All of a sudden, there's this car I've never seen before, and they don't make it anymore. We're back to go do another thing together, and what did we see? A Nissan Kick. I've never seen one before. At least I've never registered one in my brain, and all of a sudden, I see two within three days of each other. Are you familiar with the phrase frequency illusion? It's the idea of when we see a thing, then we have a category for it in our brain, so it starts popping up all the time now. Like you learn a new word. I remember the first time I, I learned what a kangaroo court was, and I heard it like three times over the following week. It was probably something going on in the news. I don't know what was happening, but I remember that time. Our brains do that. It, it puts boxes in place to help us to have categories for things that we've recognized so that we pay attention to them the next time they come around. Frequency illusion, there's another name for it, um, but it's some German name and I'm not even gonna try. So, but uh, that's called the frequency illusion. Our, our brain makes categories and boxes for things that we become a part of. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. The human body is amazing, and in particular, the human brain. And that's a very similar mechanism in place as Jesus is urging the crowd and the disciples to be on the lookout for the kingdom of heaven. Interwoven in these chapters in Matthew is Jesus explaining these parables and telling them that some people aren't going to get it. Those who have ears to hear will, is, is how he says it. But others will. To me, he's saying there are people that they don't have categories for what God is doing right now. So they're never going to notice the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God at work. But some of you do. You get, see it. And you get it. And you live it. God has put us together to see the world in particular ways. Yet even from the very beginning, he gives us the freedom to choose him at work, to see him at work or not. He gives us that gift of choice. So as we consider these parables of Jesus all together today, a mustard seed, yeast, buried treasure, a pearl, and even a net full of fish. What's, what do we have going on that's woven throughout all of these? We have that God is at work in the world even when we can't perceive it. We have that Jesus challenges our commitment to that kingdom. <clears throat> and Jesus reminding us of our work to the extent that it's not our, we, who are we bringing in? Who are we reaching out to? As in the fish with the net. And as I mentioned before, as we were reading it, the first two parables, he's speaking that to the crowd. This is, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he pulls the disciples back in for the last three, the treasure, the pearl, and the fish. And this is what your commitment level is meant to be as one of my followers. Let's take a look at e each of these in turn. First, the, the tiny seed, the mustard plant. 
Um, Jesus' listeners knew this. We know that as that which ends up in a yellow bottle in our fridges or our pantries, depending on if you refrigerate your mustard or not. I know there's debate about that. But it's a bush. It's a big bush uh, and, and can appear as a tree. And <clears throat> one of the things that Matthew loves to do is to connect back to the Old Testament. I've heard it said before, and it's, pre- it's pretty true, the Bi- Bible is the most hyperlinked book ever published because it refers to itself all the time. And as Matthew is relaying Jesus' words, he understands that he's evoking imagery from the Old Testament, from Ezekiel and from Daniel. Uh, one of the places, there's two places in Ezekiel that this pops up, but one of them is in Ezekiel 17. He's speaking of Israel's elevation as a kingdom or coming, returning as a kingdom. Uh, Ezekiel 17, beginning at verse 22. Thus says the Lord, I myself will take a sprig from, a lofty top, from the lofty top of a cedar and will set it out. I'll break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs. I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it, every kind of bird will live. In the shade of its branches will nest the winged creatures of every kind. He's pointing back, even as he's looking forward. God said this then, now, and it's then, and it's still true now about the kingdom, but it's not just Israel, folks. It's the whole thing. God's kingdom is bigger than Israel. He's trying to convince them of this and showing them the possibilities of what could be. And then he tells the story of yeast. He refers to uh, a woman baking bread as an image of God's reigning presence in the world. The translation we used this morning, the NRS, New Revised Standard Version, NRSV, um, just says mixes in. But other translations have it a little bit more accurately, the nuances of it being hidden, because that's an aspect that continues with the treasure and the uh, later on of it being hidden within the flour to produce the leaven to make it more. You know, if you just have a lump of dough, it just stays a lump of dough until you do all the right things with the yeast included, and then it expands. By the way, this is a lot of yeast in the in the original language. This is a lot of, lot of yeast. This thing's going to blow up like Lucy's bread out of the oven. If y'all remember that. I love Lucy episode. It's like that. But revealing to us that even when we can't see God's kingdom at work, like the yeast working within the dough, it's there and it's alive and at work. One day it will be evident. And then as he shifts to the disciples, he starts with this story of the treasure. What does their commitment as participants in this kingdom mean? What does it look like? He's he's said, come and follow me, but we don't necessarily get pictures of what he says, this is what your commitment level looks like in the kingdom of God. And when he describes this image of this this treasure found in the field and what the guy does with his shovel to, to, to acquire it, all in, everything to acquire this field where the treasure was hidden 
It's, it's commitment of everything. Later, he would describe uh, as loving God with everything that we are, our heart, mind, soul, and body. Then he moves to the pearl. Similar thing at work here. The guy's already got a bunch of pearls. That's his job. He buys pearls for a living, but he finds the pearl and sells everything else for one. Again, an image of being all in, fully committed. And then there's this fishing tale. We know there's at least four fishermen by trade, not just what I do when I just cast in a line out. These people know what fishing business looks like, and he goes right to the heart of it for them, and this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And it, and it reflects the earlier imagery of, of weeds, uh, which was last week's text, actually, of weeds in a wheat field. Just let it all grow, and then God will be the one who ultimately sorts it out. Your job as fishers of people is to fish for all the fishes. Just fish. Just fish. Bring them in. And then we'll let God worry about the rest. So what do we do with all this? I'm sorry, my, I got something in my eye. What do we do with all this? These, this kingdom of God imagery, of God at work in the world, our, Jesus challenging our commitment to that kingdom. We, these are the themes that came to my mind today. First, beginning with our commitment. And then, Perceiving the kingdom, if God is at work in the world, is he telling us that because we can't see it? Or is he telling us this so that we can, can, so that we are on the lookout for it? Beginning with commitment, asking ourselves the question, what is our commitment to the kingdom of God? What is that? Are we all in, <clears throat> the vast majority of us, to be all in is Probably a remote possibility. So what is our challenge in that? What's our, so what's our next level? It's not about this is where I am in my commitment to the kingdom and being proud of it. It's about measuring where you are so that you can take the next step in your level of commitment to the kingdom of God. And you might be saying to yourself, well, it's not very much at all. It may not be anything. And that's okay. Start small. The seed started small. The yeast starts small. Pearls, even a pearl of great worth, is small. That's God. All that God asks us to do is to take that next step, no matter how small it is, to the good of his kingdom, to our, our ministry together through the church or, or, and our ministry um, supported by one another, but separately out in the world. Looking at Jesus' work, Jesus, the idea of who the Messiah would be was this one who was going to change the world from the outside in. Instead, he came to change the world from the inside out, and he started small, and, and it's still growing. They expected one to overthrow their oppressor, to overthrow Rome. And if they're looking at what Jesus did, they're like, that's not enough, dude. There's more. So even as much as Jesus did, to take a look at what he did not do could be considered small, but it doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean it's not the most important thing that ever has happened in the world. So Jesus is calling us to commit by taking that next step. 
He didn't ask the disciples to say, James and John, put down your net and commit everything to me forever until the end of time. He just said, you know, he did kind of suggest it, but he didn't say it. Come and follow me. Okay, they put their nets down. Dad's going, where are you guys going? We got work to do. He didn't quite give them everything. He's still giving them a choice. Even though one of the disciples rejects it. What's our commitment level? What's our next step in living towards being all in? All in seems too much. It seems too big. But what's our next step towards that? What are those mustard seed actions we can take today or this week or soon that helps us to grow into the next level of our commitment in God's kingdom. And then the next part is seeing the kingdom of God around us. And it takes us looking through the lens of the gospel or with Easter eyes back through the resurrection because it's not always evident around us when God's at work. I've mentioned before that Ed Baird, our council chair, begins every meeting with the question or the challenge to share God's sightings, kingdom sightings, actually is what he calls them, kingdom sightings, where we've seen God, kingdom of God at work around us between meetings. Sometimes those sightings, are not just in council meetings, but all around us, sometimes they are evident and they're in your face and you know them in the moment. Sometimes it takes reflection and looking back. And it's why we all need time of quiet to process and to look at what God is doing around us to be in gratitude. I tell you, last week at 8.30, when I knew I was sick, if y'all weren't here last week, I was at eight, I, I didn't, there was, y'all sang rather than a sermon. I was sick. I knew it. And I had this two-minute kind of internal, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? If you've seen the Avengers movie when Doctor Strange is looking at all the future possibilities and he sees 14 million in a moment, he's doing this thing. Some of y'all don't get the reference, but those of you, that's what I was doing in my head. And I knew that all the possibilities that involved me were, were, un, were not possible, or at least I couldn't count on them. But those that involved our, our staff, your staff, were. I send a mad text, Tammy, Mike, Devin, I need you. I need, please come to my office. I, I don't remember what I said at this point. I need help, basically. All right. And they come in, and I tell them what's going on, and they just say, okay. We'll take care of it. They planned it out. 8.50, they walk out. The, pray, the source band get, gets their music together to be able to do a hymn sing thing. In the moment, I was sick. I just was getting it done. But later as the week, as the week went on, and even that afternoon, just looking back and seeing, wow, that was God at work. They were working hard, but God was working hard through them. Things like that happen, and, and to see that it's God's work with us. It's not despite us or we're in the way somehow, but it's working through us and with us, and it's a blessing. 
Jennifer Woodruff Tate is an Episcopal priest, an author, and an editor, and she, um, she writes for Life for Leaders devotion. And it was this week's devotion on the 27th, but it was from a, about a year ago, maybe two years ago, and that's important because of uh, one of these things that's on here. But she was saying, where did I see the kingdom of God this week? And these are a few of them. I'm not going to share all of them, but just a few of them. The kingdom of heaven is like an 11-year-old reading the scripture, barely tall enough to reach over the microphone, to reach the microphone, struggling to pronounce Beersheba. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like a room full of people you haven't seen for three years finally meeting again. The kingdom of heaven is like the first most perfect sip of a cup of coffee brought to you by a loved one who has been away for a time and has just come home to stay. The kingdom of heaven is like opening a box and finding a full of things in your mother's handwriting. The kingdom of heaven is like opening a book and returning to Narnia once again because the greatest stories never get old. The kingdom of heaven is like the hanging basket of petunias that was surely dead, but has begun to bloom again. Finding those little moments, some of those may be merely symbolic, but there are times when we see things that shouldn't be, that must be God. Sometimes we see things that are, they seem symbolic, but they are indeed still God at work around us, and it's God's invitation for us to participate, or at the very least, to point out to others and share. The kingdom of heaven itself is not a small thing. However, most often it is revealed in the smallest of ways. Whether it's through our obedient servant, service to the kingdom, in the church, or in our daily lives, or in the unexpected glimpses we gain from all manner of people, places, and things. May the kingdom of God be evident to us as we seek it daily. May the kingdom of God be evident through us as we live it daily. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help us to see through the lens of your Son, to see the evidence of your presence all around us, even in the smallest of things, sometimes the most obscure. Help us to be messengers of your kingdom's presence all around us. And help us to be participants of it as well. Citizens of your heavenly realm. At work in this world. We ask this all in the name of your son. Jesus Christ. Amen.